Hey everybody, before we get started, this podcast is made possible with Anchor. Anchor is an amazing, easy to use application for anyone wanting to reach your audience and grow your brand. Now, as a publisher, I strongly recommend that if you've written a book, you need to have a podcast. Anchor allows you to record, edit, and publish professional podcasts, and they will push it out to any podcast platform that you like. That includes Spotify, Apple, Overcast, you name it. So download your Anchor app on your Apple App Store or your Google Play Store today. Thank you for joining us for the next episode of The Right Change, where we believe authors change the world. This week, we'll be talking to Truvine's newest author, Tanika Jackson, about her amazing book, The Greatest of These is Love. Tanika has endured a harrowing story of abuse, betrayal, and mistreatment. And she tells her story of how she came to forgive and reconcile. This is an amazing story, and I hope you enjoy it. My name is Tanika Jackson. I am a mother of three lovely children um, from Chicago, Illinois. Relocated to Nashville about eight years ago. And um, I mean, I'm a Jill of all trades, kind of. Like, I run several businesses. Um, I am liaison for, you know, people in business, you know, to help them with the projects that they have going on. So I'm Jill of all trades <laughs> and now author. I, love I can that. add that to my thing, my list of things that I do. I am now an author. I love that Jill of all trades. I promise you, I've never heard that before. And that's probably shame on me. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> misogynistic world we live in. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you contacted me and you tell me you had a story. And I hear that a lot. Okay. But boy, when you tell me you had a story, I didn't know the half of it. Right. (laughs) I did not know the half of it. Let's um, share a little bit about the origin of your story and and why you felt it was important to write this book at this time? So I am a, I've been a writer since I was young. Um, I've journaled my entire life um, ever since I could remember, maybe age 12. And I'm always writing things down, always just jotting things down as they come to mind. And um, with this book, it was kind of the same thing. Like I had, I had been putting entries into my journal um, quite often. And I was like, this can, this can help somebody. This can help somebody. Like as I progress through, um, you know, my process of just writing and getting things out, I just saw so much, um, value in the information that I had written down. And I was like, somebody else needs to read this. Like someone else can be helped from this story. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just, said, you know what? I want to write a book. I'm going to write a book. In uh, January, I think maybe a week before um, you and I met, I wrote down on a small 
um, card that I stuck to my, um, my uh, board that I wanted to write a book. This was in January of last year. Um, I wrote that down. And then um, I had a meeting with a colleague and they asked me like, so what are your plans? Like, what, what, what do you have going on this year? And I was like, I'm writing a book. <laughs> and um, they were like, well, do you have a publisher? And I'm like, no, I don't have a publisher. And so that meeting actually was the door that opened for me to meet you because he introduced you to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because it, it's just amazing to me how God orchestrates things, right? Um, yeah. I met Daniel through a job that, you know, I had no passion for. I, I didn't <laughs> have any desire. That wasn't a career choice, but it was an opening. I took it. And you just see where God is, is making these connections with people who you never know what that that connection will be, right? You never that's, know. Like that's I completely agree. Yeah, that's why you got to treat everybody good because you never know what what God is trying to connect you to. So you said there were things you were reading. What were some of these things that, that you felt like people need to see? They need to hear this. They need to read this. So when I, when I was journaling um, leading up to last year, I was journaling because I wanted to understand. Um, I wanted to understand myself. Um, I was in a marriage um, that lasted 17 years. And when I left the marriage, I was very hurt. I was damaged. I was angry. And I wanted to heal. You know, I, I really didn't want to be angry anymore. I wanted to just get past it and um, just begin the healing process. But I really didn't know where. Um, and so I found an outlet through writing. And so I found myself just writing out everything that I could possibly remember um, of what happened in that relationship, how I felt, and I just recounted all of the events, you know. And so as I did that, it just had me to think of other things that happened. <laughs> and I was like, well, let me write this down too, you know. So I found myself just writing for months, just writing, writing, writing. And I was like, wow, as I went through like the healing process, I was like, somebody else can benefit from this. Like, yeah. I, I wrote in my notes and I'll show you once we're done with this. I wrote in my notes, I wish I could sit people down and teach them what I'm learning. Mm. And this was a note that I put in my, um, in my entry early last year, like I want to say February, March of last year. And because I had, I was learning so much just through journaling, recounting of certain events and just getting them up and out. Yeah. Um, and I'm realizing like in hindsight that um, it, it was therapy for me. <laughs> it was therapy for me. Talk to us about what some of those painful, traumatic situations are, because there are women who will be watching this and, you know, they may need your book. So what were some of those things that you think women are dealing with now that you dealt with and you felt like they need to know how to get over? Not get so, over, let me change the wording on that. That definitely needs to be <laughs> edited out. 
But I was about to say people how to stress <laughs> and heal from it. Okay. So what I began to learn, so my problem or my issue that I was dealing with did not start when I got married. Mm-hmm. It was existing within me prior to that relationship. Um, when I was younger, I was a victim of sexual assault and that event was very traumatic and I didn't have um, the proper space, time or um, environment, you know, to just heal properly from that event. And so I suppressed all of my feelings from that event. Um, I began to, um, you know, my father didn't know. So I had omitted that truth from my father. and so I, I just felt like that was how I needed to live in a in a place of suppression, you know, a place a secret place where people wouldn't really know much about me. You know, I just became a shell of a person at a, at the age of twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went on to you know go to high school, go to. Um, you know, parties and just have fun as a young teenager, um, get married as a young adult with that same baggage, you know, suppressed inside of me that I um, had never opened, that I had never spoke about, that I had never addressed. Um, And doing so affected every relationship that I had in my life. Um, It affected my marriage um, because when I got married, I really, I wasn't looking for, I didn't, I didn't know what to look for. And so I saw something that could have been, you know, potential or could have been something that I would like. And, and I went for, you know, that the first thing, you know, without having the knowledge to, you know, use discernment, investigate, take your time, listen to God, you know, those kind of things. Um, and so I lived my life in um, several different, you know, friendships, my marriage that I was in, um, multiple different types of, even even work environments, now that I'm thinking about it, in this suppressed space, accepting what I was given instead of um, demanding what I was worth. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people do that. And, and it's, we're kind of forced to want to, <clears throat> to stay in the status quo and, and, and shrink ourselves, yeah. particularly women, as to shrink themselves and, uh, and not, you know, demand from life and from people uh, what they deserve, which is respect. Yeah. Now, yeah. to be, to be <clears throat> a little, give you a little bit of the benefit of of the doubt. I mean, you did, you married your high school sweetheart, right? Like challenge. I did. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I, I found it very interesting, the um, dichotomy of this character um, in that you, you describe him in the book as being like this really uh, respectful and you know, well-dressed young man. And then we see this different side. Do you want to talk about that? Yes. Okay. So when we were younger, 
um, he was super well-dressed, very articulate, went to a private um, Christian school. And I was like, oh, okay, like, I like that, you know? <laughs> um, and it's true what they say, like, you don't know a person until you're actually in their life, in the relationship, like in the thick of it, you know, and being a young, um, I was super young when we married and even younger when we met, mm -hmm. um, we were children. And so I didn't know what I was supposed to be looking for. You know, I was like, oh, he's dressed well. He goes to a Christian school. Um, he has both parents in the household. I like him, you know, <laughs> and, you know, I, I didn't really, I didn't really um, dig deeper, you know, and look deeper into, you know, personality traits and uh, habits and um, different things like that. And so, you know, I just took the, <laughs> the young, the, I looked at him from, from a young lens, you know, a young lady, um, you know, just wanting love, you know, I wanted love and I, and I thought that I could find that in, in him, you know, and I, I thought I found that in him. And so I was like, yeah, he's the one. <laughs> yeah. From, from everything that you've written and everything that you've learned to this point, you know, what would you say is the biggest uh, lesson out of your life and out of your book up to this point, because you still have a lot of life to live. Your biggest lesson so far? Um, my biggest lesson would be um, take the lesson without the resentment. So, you know, learn what it is that you need to learn from the situation and move on. Mm -hmm. um, leave the past where it is, you know, don't don't drag it with you and take it along. All right, I'm out of this relationship and then take everything with you to where, wherever you're going next. Mm -hmm. um, take your time, mm -hmm. you know, look for, look to make sure that everything is what it appears to be, mm -hmm. you know, especially when entering in, into a relationship, even a friendship, mm -hmm. um, even a working relationship. Take your time and just, make sure that things are what they appear to be. Yeah. Investigate, yeah. you know. Um, the other thing that I would say is, um, just, you know, move forward from a place of love, you know, and, and not hatred um, because every encounter is there's a purpose behind every encounter. So it's either to teach you a lesson, to help you to grow, it's to help in some way or another, you know? And so whatever the lesson is, um, you know, don't take it personal if it's something that hurts, mm -hmm. get over it, process it, you know, don't rush into something new, you know, just take your time and like really gather what it is that God is trying to get you to see, yeah. um, process the information and then release it. So when you say get over it, you don't, you don't, you don't mean just get over it, but you mean give yourself the time to get over what had happened, right? Definitely. Give yourself time, you know, um, don't rush from one relationship, relationship to another, you know, give yourself time to recover. 
Um, see that, and I think you talk about that as well in the book. Yeah, I always believe that. I believe the Bible when it says that that when you have sexual relations with someone, you become spiritually connected, right? And so I've always seen, even as a young man, uh, when women or men are involved in a certain type of relationship, be it abusive or uh, someone who cheats or whatever, that person tends to go back into the same types of relationships, these cycles or <clears throat> generational curses, if you, if you believe in that. Um, and I think you talk about that as well. You know, giving yourself time to reset and pull away from those relationships. How did you do that? Um, I just, I moved. <laughs> I relocated. <laughs> um, I relocated um, because I wanted to leave familiar. You know, I wanted to leave my familiar surroundings, my regular friends and family. And I just wanted to be with myself. You know, I wanted to be alone. I wanted to be present for my children. Um, and I didn't feel like I could do that um, where we were in the city that we were living in. And so I just wanted to pluck myself up like a flower and plant myself, you know, somewhere else, you know, on open ground, somewhere where I can grow. Um, and I think every everybody should um, relocate at least once in your lifetime. You know, even if you end up going back home one day, that's cool. I, I don't think my journey is gonna lead me back home, but you know, leave familiar at least once in your lifetime so that you can see what it is to be truly like on your own. Um, this is how, this is um, in that kind of env environment, that is how God really works. Because um, you don't have your regular influencers around you. You don't have your regular circle of friends. You don't have your normal, you know, go-to pals and family and stuff like that. So it gives God a chance to just have you to himself alone where you can actually hear, you know, instead of, um, I came to a city where nobody knew me. They, no one knew my story. I didn't have anyone to rehash the past with, you know, to continue to, you know, um, bring up that those same wounds over and over again, people to ask about, oh, are you still with this person? Are you still with that person? Like, I think, especially if you are um, leaving a um, abusive relationship or, you know, just any kind of trauma like that, I think getting to yourself is important. Yeah, in a way, yeah. You have experienced some of the most harrowing um, experiences and yet you know I talk to you and I do not see <laughs> like if I was to just talk to you I would never suspect that you have endured the things that you have endured um, one thing that I found very interesting about your story when you talk about how you forgave the man who raped you as a child and how that forgiveness had nothing to do with him. Can you talk to us about that chapter of loving? Yes. Okay, so 
I knew that if I really wanted to be healed, that I had to heal everything. Um, and, you know, that didn't only include my uh, former marriage, but it included like the foundation, like as to where the trauma began. Um, and I had to go back for the younger me, you know, because she was, she was unhealed. She was still, still wounded. She was still, you know, um, accepting of um, neglect and abuse, you know, and, and being ignored, you know, that girl was still alive, you know, in me wounded. And so I had to address the younger me, you know, and, and I, I had um, to sit with myself several nights. It lasted for, I don't know how long, where I would just talk to my younger self and address, you know, young Tanika um, and apologize for what happened to her and tell her that she was loved and tell her, I'm sorry. And, and tell her that she was loved and tell her that um, she didn't deserve what happened to her and that she was healed, you know, and that she was able to um, heal. She was still, still wounded. She was still, you know, um, accepting of um, neglect and abuse, you know, and, and being ignored, you know, that girl was still alive, you know, in me wounded. And so I had to address the younger me, you know, and, and I, I had um, to sit with myself several nights. It lasted for, I don't know how long, where I would just talk to my younger self and address, you know, young Tanika um, and apologize for what happened to her and tell her that she was loved and tell her, I'm sorry. And, and tell her that she was loved and tell her that um, she didn't deserve what happened to her and that she was healed, you know, and that she was able to um, stand up in her strength, in her healing and, and move forward, you know. Um, so not only did I have to heal my present self, I had to go back for my younger self, you know, because she did not receive um, the support that she needed um, during that traumatic time in my life. And so I had to go back to let her know that all is well, you know, I, I wanted to be healed all the way from the inside out from beginning to end. Um, and it was, it was an amazing experience because I never really knew to even acknowledge her. Um, and I, I never really took time to think about um, how I felt as a young girl, you know, because I, I was, I had to suppress those feelings and those emotions and, you know, all of the raw emotion and the hurt and the pain, like I suppressed all of that. Mm -hmm. um, and I had to go back and allow myself to feel that mm -hmm. um, and allow myself to be healed from that. Mm -hmm. I just found that chapter to be so um, enlightening. Yeah, it was enlightening for me as well. Because like some of my prayers, me and God, we talk like I'm talking to you. And I'm like, God, I just don't want to be mad anymore. I don't want to be mad. Like it is what it is. Whatever happened, happened. 
how can I get this anger out of me? Yeah. Um, and he took me on a, a journey. <laughs> interesting that that was the process. Like, you know, you talk about in the book how forgiving the raper was almost a by was well, it was a byproduct of you healing little Tanika, right? Yeah. Not even like addressing the rapist, but really just addressing the pain and the hurt that had that little girl bound to the situation. And it's yes. such a powerful message because I, I do believe a lot of what we experience externally is a result of what we are dealing with internally. Mm-hmm. And when we can heal that person and that person is free, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, it doesn't matter what the outside world did because that person is free. And yeah. uh, just looking at you, like you just have a, a piece about you. Like there are people you can see on their face. You just look stressed and angry. And, and I've never seen you look like that, you know? <laughs> Even when, even with the book production process and we had ideas and plans um, and things didn't happen, like you were always like, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know, like um, when, I, when I talk to God, like I have, I have control over my own emotions. I have control over how I react to certain things. And so I figure like I have, I have power to control everything inside of me and I and I have the authority to not allow anything outside of me um, to control my reaction, to con- control what I say, to control what I do. And so I'm like, I'm in charge. I'm in charge of, it, of how I act. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing outside of me that can control me, nothing. Yeah. Because I, I'm I'm the mastermind of my own, of this being, you know, that I'm walking around in and I choose to, um, react certain ways and I choose to be at peace you know with everything you know I, I release the need to control other people and you know their thing I'm like hey that's that's on you all right <laughs> you know so yeah and um I just wanted to touch on um that subject again with the um healing like your inner child um a lot of us don't really think to address our inner child um and so we grow up as wounded adults, you know, um, and then we raise wounded children, you know, it's just like a repeat, um, effect that that's what the enemy would have, you know, family filled with wounds, filled with secrets and hurt and that kind of thing. And so, um, the work that I did, not only did it heal me, but it it healed generations, you know, in my family who had dealt with that. Um, we are exposing the devil, pulling the um, the covers off of whatever it is and exposing it to the light, you know, and we are not allowing those things to um, control us. And we are not allowing those things to, um, you know, be passed on to our children. We're doing things a lot differently in this family. So. There are so many amazing stories in the book. Um, I wouldn't even want to give any spoilers, uh, but um, I would like you to talk about the reconciliation phase of your life because, you know, when you talk about a a book about 
the traumas that you've gone through. If there's no reconciliation at the end, then the story is incomplete. And I'm not saying that your story is complete by any means, but at least at that point, you know, you, you know for a fact that you found the reconciliation. So um, talk to us about your experience or your um, journey through rec reconciliation. Um, so what I had to do was forgive and and I had to forgive people regardless of if I was able to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with them um whether or not they accepted me wanting to reconcile you know um so a, a lot of the reconciliation I did on my own um but there was one um my mom who I needed to reconcile with in person mm -hmm. um you know, she raised me, she's been, you know, with me my whole life, has supported me my entire life. Um, and I owed her a face-to-face -face conversation um, to let her know that whatever happened, to, to let her know whatever happened in the past um, was just that, it was the past. Um, I had, I let my mother know. Tell us that story though. How, how you even, how that God did that for you. So, okay. All right. So God, God, God and I, we talk. Okay. <laughs> he, he talks to me. Right. <laughs> and um, he tells me, God tells me like, I am um, in set as of September of last year, I took up residency in the kingdom of God. And so I follow God's command for my life and I do what God tells me to do and I say what he tells me to say uh -huh. um and one morning uh it was early he woke me up and told me to go home <clears throat> he said go home and clean up and I was like I'm at home and the house is clean what what do you mean you know go home and clean up and I'm like <clears throat> do you want me to go like to Chicago and sorry about that. I'm, I'm like, you want me to go to Chicago? And he was like, go to your mother, go to your mother and clean up. And I was, I knew exactly, you know, what it, what it meant. Um, I had needed to go to Chicago to see my mother so that she and I can have a conversation um, about our relationship. Um, our relationship had been strained for several years, over 20 years. Um, and it was time for us to, we had been working on our relationship. You know, we we're very cordial and have been for a while, but God was like, okay, now it's time for you to go to your mother and sit with her and speak with her. And, you know, um, although I had that traumatic experience happen to me in my life at a young age, my mother was there for me. Um, she raised me. She was there every day of my life to support me the best way that she could. And I owed her that. Um, and so I drove to Chicago to visit my mom. I was very nervous because she and I had not, uh, had never spent one-on-one uh, -on -one time together in years. It, it's been several years. Um, I can't even remember the last time. Um, usually when I go to visit my mom, I have my children with me and they are my buffer. <laughs> and they kind of like help keep things smooth, you know, and, and not awkward. Um, but this time 
God was like, I, I needed, he needed me to go alone. Um, and so I, I was like, well, God, I just quit my job. Um, that's a whole nother story, <laughs> but I had just quit my job and I'm like, I don't have the money to go and visit my mom, you know, right now because I'm not working. And he told me that he would give me the wherewithal to do what needed to be done. And so I had to look up that word because I'm like, wherewithal? I heard that. I heard the word before, but I didn't really know what it meant. <laughs> and God was like, I'll give you the money that you need, um, you know, to do what needs to be done. And he told me, don't take no for an answer. Because my mom, she would be like, oh, sweetie, I got to work. You know, I can't, not this week, maybe next time. And he told me to take, no, don't take no for an answer. And so the funny thing about that was um, I was reading my text messages the other day and she was like, hey, you know, I got to work and you know, I'm not really going to be at home. She was trying to back out of the meeting, <laughs> um, but I didn't see those. I didn't see the messages at all. I was on my way. I was like, whatever, you know? Wow. Um, and so um, when the time came, I, I traveled to see my mom. It was right the day after Christmas of last year. And we spent some amazing one-on-one -on -one time together, just talking and laughing and just catching up as mother-daughter, reestablishing our foundation as mother-daughter, healing that relationship. And I told my mother, um, you know, no matter what happened, like she was, she was dealing with her own life and going, walking her own path, you know, um, and she was very young as well. So I'm like, you did an amazing job. Like, look at us, my brother and my sister and I, like we turned out well. Um, and you did that, you know, you're, you are the reason why we are productive citizens, why we are good parents to our children and that kind of thing. So I thanked her for that and let her know that she did a wonderful job. And she, she was kind of like taken back a little bit. Like she was happy, you know, um, because I had never acknowledged that, you know, but I, it needed to be said, I had needed to tell her that she did an amazing job um, at raising us. And, you know, I'm, I'm a good parent because of my mom. I just, you're a, such a soldier. Um, I have, I've had family relationships that were uh, complicated, but not to the degree where it's like, you know, I cannot be around this person and anger and, you know, hatred. And so I can't even imagine the process and the strength that it took for you to get to this point. Um, I know you talked in your book about months of crying at your at your bedside, right? Um, you're just like a walking miracle to see. And and your book is a is a, it's a really good book. It is a really good book. Um, and I don't say that uh, lightly. I don't. You know, as we were reading it, I was like, man, I'm really sitting here getting chills. You know, <laughs> that's like, and that's, you, I, I think. I think you cried, Tim. You won't. You won't um, admit that you cried, but I think you cried. <laughs> I did get chills, though. I did, and and I got chills more than once. That's that's saying something. When you read yeah. something, you get chills, and then you read it again and get the same chills. That's something. That's something. Yeah. Um, and that 
I'm not giving you tears, Tanika. I'm not giving you. didn't cry, okay. I think as it relates to um, healing and that kind of thing, like people, I think people react well to the book because people are now looking for that transparency factor. Mm-hmm. Um, people want to see, you know, vulnerability. They want to see truth. Mm-hmm. Um, truth resonates with people at such a deep level, you know? And so when you're able to be candid and truthful at the same time, you know, I really, really think that the healing that God provided for me through writing this book will transfer over to the reader. Um, Even if they've never experienced some of the things that I have had gone through, um, you know, just giving them the thought to acknowledge their own feelings, you know, acknowledge how how they feel instead of like taking on someone else's thoughts and ideas and feelings and stuff like that, and just standing in who you are. Yeah. Um, that alone, I think, will resonate with the reader, and um, I'm super excited for everybody to get their copies. And <sighs> yeah, it took it took some courage to to do this. Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it, it took some courage because I'm like, oh, you know, people don't want to hear this. And then, but that was in like the developmental stages because I didn't really have much to tell. I didn't have the healing part. You know, I had the trauma and the drama. Well, we um, had to go through these delays. Yeah, it was all necessary. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. See, I, I didn't know that part. I didn't yeah. know the healing came after we had already met. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, I was. In, I was in the process. Like yeah. it hadn't come completely. You were, um, I think disappeared for a while, and I was like, oh, "Well, okay." I was going through it, Tim. <laughs> God said, "Nope, you're not ready to put this story out." We and then, and it. then I had. I was like, "Yes, I'm ready to put the story out," and God was like, "No, you're not." Yeah. In December, no, not in December. In in um. In September, I was like, I'm ready. And God was like, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> There's more. Now that I hear that, I, I can be honest about something. The reason I'm so shocked at how good the book is is because when we first started, I was like, man, this is going to need a lot of work. But then, like, after, after this <laughs> phase and what we had, when I started doing the editing and we started doing the editing, I was like, this is really good. <laughs> so it's so good. It makes sense now. It makes sense. It's a really good book. Yeah. And the thing about it, I was writing the book while in process of going through all of these different phases, right? And it's all fresh, it's all new, right. um, genuine. And it you have so many opportunities like to learn something about your own self you know self-reflection throughout the entire um project oh my god I'm excited I'm excited I wouldn't I would not be surprised that this book made the New York Times best I wouldn't be surprised we got ways to make that happen okay Um, I would not be surprised (laughs) like it, it God told me to write this book um in 2013 but all I had was the trauma and the drama, you know. Look at that. Um, it wasn't ready to come out. 
2021, eight is the number of new beginnings. New beginnings. And oh, oh my gosh, Tim. <laughs> Wait until you hear this next story. I'm, I'm going to have to call you after this because yeah, it's, it's, it's so crazy. Man. Like this from the beginning. <laughs> it's so crazy. Life is, life is different now and I'm looking at life differently uh, because I took the time to listen to God and I took the time to you know, pull away from my homies and my girls, you know, and, and my people that I love, my family, so that I could heal, so that I can actually heal. And now I'm in a place where I can help other people, you know, help other people to heal. It's, it's crazy. Like so many people call me um, without knowing the story and ask for relationship advice, business advice, all kinds of stuff but I was of no use in that broken state. And God, God did that. Like God is amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if people, let me talk to the viewers real quick. <laughs> viewers, if you've been given a task to write a book by the divine, the creator, God almighty, please do it. There is purpose behind it. It is, it is for your benefit and it will bless other people. So that's my infomercial, but (laughs) do it. Write the book, write the book, write the book. The books are on the, well, not on the way. They are being printed as we speak. Um, And we should have them in your hands by the middle of this month. Who, first of all, you already have well over a hundred pre-orders. So you're already (laughs) selling right and you don't even have the book yet i know uh, what can people expect what where can they find you tell us how they so i can be located on multiple social platforms i also have a website it's tanikajackson.com t-a-n-i-c-a jackson.com uh, i am on instagram under um I have an influencer page on Instagram called Love University underscore. I am Tanika Jackson on Instagram, Facebook, Tanika Jackson. I'm all over the place. You can find me. I'm even on YouTube. Like I'm all over the place. You will see my name. You will know my name. I am working with God (laughs) and he has me on assignment to do his work. So, you know, you'll hear some good messages um, from me. Um, they'll just keep coming as I get them. So I, you can find me. I'm out there. Jackson.com. Get the book, pre-order the book. You can also get the book on True Vine Publishing University. Listen, everyone, please. Amazon, right? We're, we're on Amazon, iBooks, I, iBooks. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. everywhere. Books can be ordered. You would be able to get this book. However, I say go directly to the source. Uh, Steve, uh, uh, Jeff Bezos has enough money. Let's put that money in your pocket. <laughs> let's, exactly. Let's put that money in your pocket. So yeah. Tanika Jackson dot com. Um, please follow and comment on this video. Share it with your friends. Join us on the podcast. That's uh, Anchor. That's going to be Spotify, Apple, any. Uh, podcast providers you'll be able to find the right change god bless you all tanika thank you for this opportunity to be a part of what god is doing in your life 
You have a wonderful day. Thank you. This episode of The Right Change was brought to you by Truevine Publishing Company. If you're ready to write your book but don't know where to start, we have the plan for you. With our beginner's publishing plan, we will give you the writing support you need to quickly complete a publishable manuscript. We will provide you marketing and sales support training. We will give you access to our Truevine Success Accountability Team. And we will produce a quality book with hard copies and ebooks with global distribution. Call us today at 615-44-BOOKS or visit our website, www.truevinepublishing.org.